does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You are listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. If you're just joining us, uh, where have you been? Kevin is shirtless in studio to celebrate Micah Shrewsbury's hiring at Notre Dame. Woohoo! He brought in Long's Donuts. God, it's starting to get a little chilly in here. If you want to know how good Long's Donuts are, I was able to consume one despite the fact that Kevin is shirtless to celebrate the hiring of Micah Shrewsbury at Notre Dame. I have noticed your eyes have not been... As much focused on me to build chemistry, you know, read body language, you know, what's helped make us the 22nd best mid-market show in the entire United States. So trust me, I feel a little bit of a lack of connection today, and I think it's showing in our work, unfortunately. (laughs) Now, again, I want to be clear. Uh, That's without steroids, right? All natural. Uh huh. (laughs) All natural. Uh, Scott Agnes joins us now. Scott is. I uh, got aboard a plane in a few, so we want to get right to it with Scott. Scott, be glad you're not in studio, I guess, today. Uh, or that you're not co-hosting from noon to three and you have to sit in this chair after I do. Uh, it felt like last night, Scott, was kind of the last-ditch win. Like, oh boy, they just beat a team a couple games above them in the standings. They're still a game and a half back, but last night potentially makes the last two weeks of the season kind of interesting, and the door's not going to be slammed shut on the playoff hopes for, you know, maybe the final few games of the year. No, it's not completely shut. Good morning to you guys. You're right. Uh, the, the, the only thing left to try to get into here is to get that final spot with the playing tournament, honestly, right? And so that was a situation. One, it was kind of a, a cool moment, I thought, that we saw with the three Canadians obviously being able to start and have that moment. That's, again, where Rick Carlisle is so good about feeling out a moment. But, again, I still believe – said this for probably more than a month two months now this season's about development it's about growth it's about exploratory so i don't think it's in their best interest here to ideally make this this play in tournament i don't think it'll end up that way but it's definitely something we'll be tracking over these final nine games scott here's a question that i never thought i'd be asking but here we are a week after saint patrick's day essentially during the middle of the ncaa tournament so we are in obviously the twilight of a basketball season in totality, who's had the better rookie season, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nimhard? I would say Nimhard just because of the expectation and what we knew going into it. I, I did expect him to be in the rotation to contribute on a nightly basis, but if I, if I expected you know him to contribute what he has and playing more than 15 minutes per game, I'd be lying to you. Not at all. Matherin, this is probably what I expected throughout this so no doubt jake i would absolutely go with andrew nimhar he was a second round pick if if player you know it's a crapshoot you know after 15 if another team thought he'd be what he has become they would absolutely drafted him right so is he the question becomes and i ask this a lot but is andrew Nimhard showing that he can be a guy or is this Dwayne washington or keeper sykes where somebody's got to get some minutes and put up points and he's got the chance to do it this year no, I, I think this is a situation where Andrew's firmly showing where he can contribute because he's doing it both ends. That's what's been so impressive about what he's done this season is to get on the floor, took defense. Kind of reminded me uh, of Paul George's his first and second year. Like he was not a complete player and wasn't getting on the floor. So he said, all right, 
I'll man up and just try to defend here. But now what's been fun contrasting that is here into the season, it's his offense. It's, it's out of need to your latter point there is he's doing more, creating more for himself and, and really taking advantage of what the defense gives him. And I think that's where you can glean more from what he's been able to do is he's, he's really just taking what the defense is doing. So they're sagging off of him. They're leaving the mid-range. He's, so he's t- taking care of that. The last week, the Pacers coaching staff has really got on him about, hey, take it all the way to the hoop and either finish or kick out. So he's done that more. And I think you've seen him kind of use his body a little bit more. And, and that's a, a new area uh, of his game I think he's been able to demonstrate. So, no, I think it's way more of this is, this is a four-year experience, know-how type of player rather than you know, somebody who's got a score out there right now. Scott, again, Scott Agnes with us from Fieldhouse Files. Do you think there's any way the Pacers openly rest guys of note here in the final two weeks to avoid potentially getting the play-in? I mean, you've already seen it to an extent, but with Daniel Tite. Now, to be clear, yes, he's not a, a primary starter yeah. by any means. I mean, like the Halliburton, Matherin, Turner, Heald crew. So Heald, uh, there's no chance you're getting him to sit. He wants to play all 82 games. Yeah. So there's, I, I would be stunned if Buddy is unable to uh, finish that out. Tyrese, maybe you take it a little easy. I don't know the severity of this ankle sprain. Uh, it was something that happened in practice, we're told, but I haven't got a clear indication. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think th- those conversations have to be had if you're the Pacers right now of what's the point of Halliburton returning? I, I'd also, honestly, KB, if it was me, I'd consider sitting Miles right now. It, 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 you know, I need to. I want to see more of Jalen and Isaiah. We know exactly yeah. what Miles is, and so I, I think that's a smart conversation. The front office and the coaching staff together have to decide on here for the final nine games. It would not surprise me. I don't think it'll be anything in bulk or anything too obvious, but maybe a player or two. Why are they playing at five o'clock on a Saturday in Atlanta? So they play tomorrow in Boston. I think it's seven, and then a five o'clock tip. That's such an odd time. Yeah, it is. I don't know if they're trying to not overlap with March Madness or, or what that is. There's, maybe it's a theme night down there in Atlanta, too. Sometimes you'll see that. Scott Agnes is our guest. He is on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Um, Scott, this is probably, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a personal question. Uh, you're traveling, is that right? You're at the airport or you're on your way to the airport or you're through security? I am on the uh, the gate gateway thing to the plane right now. Really? And and now, can you, do, can you tell us where you're going? Sound terrific. Can you can you let us know where you're going? I'll just tell you it's the Sunshine State. I needed to get some some vitamin D and some some sun here, man. So this, this is, was not this a Pacers practice. trip, is what I'm getting at. This is not. No, okay. no, no, no. This is me saying the team is away. I need to you know get some sunshine in my life. Scott, I did want to ask you can one. You blame me? <laughs> no, I, I do not. Just look at the weather outside. Although Jake is staring at sunshine <laughs> this morning here no, in the studio. No, I'm look. I'm I'm looking at. Something beached. There's no question about that. Uh, Scott, last one before you, um, you know, board. Um, Buddy Heal. Do we have any idea who he was throwing the old middle bird to? I, I kind of laughed at the clip. Uh, Fine, twenty five thousand for that gesture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He did it on several occasions, and it looked like it was to like somebody in the crowd, but he was like smiling through it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I want fans to understand is this is one way like Buddy communicates. This is one way he shows his love. Like. If he's not cussing at you and, and flicking you, flipping you off, probably you know you should reconsider how you know close a friend I guess you are with him. We see it all the time in practice and even in games with Tyrese Halliburton. Just look at Tyrese Halliburton's photo on the on his Twitter. His secondary image there 
is just of that of, of Buddy flipping him off on the court. So I, I don't know specifically who that was to. It very clearly was no one in the game because the action was paused, but going on at the other end of the floor. And so no players were down there. No a game officials were down there. So it was just a friendly hello. But what got him was it wasn't the Pacers broadcast. It was the Hornets broadcast had just shown him and Tyrese together on the bench trying to highlight the trade from a year ago for Tyrese and what that's done. And that's all unfortunate because without that, no one would even notice. No one would have even saw that. But instead, it's $25,000. Scott, enjoy the warmth, safe travels, and uh, thanks for uh, making time for us. All right, you bet. Thanks for having me on. Scott Agnes right there, Fieldhouse. Yeah, I'm giving you some. Whoa. Well, that's for you being Jeez, shirtless Jeez, that's morning. uncalled for. <laughs> Sam, a, you can see a, that? That's a mile. Or that's a, I have my glasses off. I'm a buddy healed oh, hey. salute. That's what. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm calling this now. You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. On our next guest, I believe, joining us right now. Has his shirt on? Yes, that's correct, because that's what civilized people do. Well, it's certainly behind the wheel. I mean, I, I had my jacket on driving into work this morning. Uh, Zach Kiefer. Zach, are you currently en route from Columbus to Lexington? Where am I right now? Um, so this is my Midwest tour this weekend. I'm in Columbus right now. i got to teach my class in Bloomington later today, and then I'm in Lexington tomorrow to watch Will Levitt. Look at that. How, how far is that drive from Columbus to Lexington? Um, it's not a good drive because you either have to go through Cincinnati or basically go back to Indy. So it's like three hours. So I don't recommend it. Now, did you feel in any way, shape, or form, Zach, like yesterday, and, and I, this is going to come off the wrong way probably, was there any point where you were like, why am I watching C.J. Stroud because there's no chance the Colts are going to get him? Yeah, to a degree, sure, Jake. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know if I should make the trip, right? I mean, the Panthers sent 12 people to this pro day. They took T.J. Stroud out for dinner on, on Tuesday night and then watched him throw. I mean, like, how many times can you guys remember an owner and his wife traveling to a pro day? Like, David Tepper and his wife, Nicole, were here. Frank Reich, Josh McCown, the QB coach, Thomas Brown, the OC, Jim Caldwell, the senior assistant, now, it's another thing because the Panthers have the top pick, and everybody knows they're going to take a quarterback. So they're not really laying any cards out there that really affect their choice because they get to do whatever they want. The Colts only sent one area scout, Mike Lacey, who was going to be here anyway to C.J. Strauss Pro Day, and Mike will be the only one on there in Lexington on Friday. So to answer your question, yeah, but then again, you never really know. You never really know in this league, and I've learned that, been in this for a little while, for a while in 2016 and 17, like I never really thought about quarterbacks in the draft. And then all of a sudden the franchise quarterback retires and all these guys that the Colts had been scouting a little bit as they come out of the draft were becoming available. You know, Carson Wentz, et cetera. 
So you always want to have a little bit of intel on these guys. And I just think it's fascinating because it's not so much what you see with C.J. Stroud's workout for me yesterday. It's the scouts I can talk to that are there. Marvin Harrison was here. Marvin Harrison Jr. put on a show. There's a lot of people and a lot of things you can see at at the Pro Day that go beyond just C.J. Stroud, who at this point seems to be headed to Charlotte. So how much of the workout were you able to see as media? I mean, did you guys have to sit? on like the opposite side and then you only could come in at the end or were you able to watch the entire thing? Yeah. So I've been to pro days where you can literally walk anywhere you want on the field and it's great. You can get a great view of the 40 of the bench press of all that stuff. This was not one of those pro days. Ohio state basically corralled the media and in their defense, there was probably 200 media there. It was, it was a circus. It felt like the combine to a degree. So we were off to the side. But we could watch C.J. Stroud's entire throwing session. He threw about 50, 51 passes over about 30, 35 minutes. And I'll give him credit. You know, a lot of pro days are scripted to just show what the quarterback can do and not show what he can't do. This was this was a tougher workout. He threw a lot of balls that were challenging. It wasn't just a highlight reel. And he wasn't perfect. He missed a couple. He wasn't great throwing to his left. Um, he underthrew Marvin Harrison Jr. on a couple. But overall – the, the rhythm and the compact throwing motion, it, it's just very smooth. The arm strength's not a question. He just looks like the safest of these four quarterback picks at the top. Yeah, I would say like highest floor is kind of how I, I, I view things yeah. with C.J. Stroud. Again, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, his latest is from the Columbus Pro Day. Some great comments in there from Marvin Harrison we'll get to here in a second. You know, as you mentioned, Zach, just Midwest area scout Mike Lacey at the Pro Day. By the way, Mike Lacey's worked his way up within that organization very nicely. Um, He was uh, the only representative for the Colts in Columbus yesterday, and it sounds like, based off what you said, he'll be the only one in Lexington for Will Levis. What do you make of that? Like, I get that Chris Ballard isn't the most abundant Pro Day viewer. He certainly goes to some of them. But I guess I am a little surprised you don't see, like, a Jim Bob Cooter or position coaches. I mean, it's not like Ohio State only has C.J. Stroud. It's not like Will Levis is the only Kentucky prospect. There are obviously a lot of other draft prospects um, with both of those programs. Yeah, I'm a little bit with you on that. It's a little surprising. Like, it's not a huge deal, but it's also not nothing. Like, Ballard doesn't go to a lot of pro days, but he goes to some, right? And he went to Notre Dame's in 2018, and that's really where he decided after watching Quentin Nelson run down the field, I got to take that guy if he's available at six. And he went to Cincinnati last year, and he really liked Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, but then also decided that he liked Alec Pierce, the athlete, and took him in the second round. So it isn't nothing if Ballard doesn't show up. And, and I don't really understand the reasoning, to be honest, because it's with three hours, right? And you can hop in a car and you can be there. And maybe you're going to be picking high next year and want to see Marvin Harrison. Then again, I don't think you need to see Marvin Harrison to know he's going to be probably the third overall pick next year behind the two quarterbacks. But I, I don't understand it. It's not a huge deal. Nick Cassero wasn't there. Houston's GM. Houston's head coach wasn't there either in terms of D'Amico Ryan. So, you know, they're very much in the C.J. Stroud, you know, group, right? I mean, they could realistically, that's very possible for them at number two. And they weren't there. But a lot of GMs were there. A lot of head coaches were there. 30 of the 32 teams were represented. There was probably 100 scouts. And there was probably 20 to 25 head coaches and GMs. A little strange to me that the Colts, who were just three hours east, were not on hand. But then again, maybe they don't want to lay their cards out that much. But again, if you're interested in C.J. Stroud, that doesn't really tell teams a whole lot. Everybody knows you need a quarterback. So 
we'll see. But, you know, there's nothing they can't get in terms of information. Like the information, they're going to get the video. They're going to have their scout there with the numbers. Mike Lacey had all the numbers yesterday. Um, they're going to they watch these guys at the Combine. But I do feel like there's some value of being there, of being on the field, of being – I mean, Frank Reich was four feet behind C.J. Stroud the entire throwing session and even brought out his phone at one point to take a video or a photo. Like, I think there's something to be said for being there, but that's just me. Zach, who do you believe will draft third? The Indianapolis Colts. And you, so you think they're going to move? He, here's my thought on it. When do you think they will move up? Yeah, and and yeah, let's go with that. When do first off, when do you think they'll move? I think at some point, Ballard's going to have to stop waiting and stop playing defense and start playing offense. And and I don't think it's a sure thing that they take a quarterback in the first round. I don't think it's like a hundred percent. I think it's like ninety nine, ninety five percent. I think that's a draft week move. I think that's a move you make once you solidify your guy and you decide there's no way we can let this guy slip past us or we can let someone jump in front of us. We'll see what Seattle, Detroit, what they what they do. And I think Florida's pro day, which I believe is next week, is going to be telling because there's a lot to like about Anthony Richardson, and I talked to his college coach last week, but there's also the tape, and the tape tells you this guy's not ready. He's not a first-round pick. He shouldn't even be out this year. I think he should go back to college. But this happens every year, and Ballard knows this, and Ballard mentions this a lot. These guys get pushed up. Now, if he gets pushed up, who's going to go get him? And I think the Colts need to stop playing defense and start playing offense. They might need to call Arizona and say, we can't take a gamble. We can't take a gamble and let someone trade up and beat us to our guy because where does that leave the Colts? Like royally screwed. But wouldn't that, Zach, wouldn't that, and I'm stating the obvious here, but for the Colts to move up one spot, that simply would be the result of them believing, am I correct in saying, clearly, that there is that big a gap between the number three and the number four quarterback. Yes, and that's the fascinating part, Jake, because that's and, what we don't have a clear answer on. And yet. we don't know which one is the one that they would lean towards as the number three right now, right? I, I personally think it's Levis, but I don't know that. You know, I'm going to have a much better sense on that tomorrow, just being at Kentucky's Pro Day. I'm going to talk to some coaches, just seeing him throw up close. As compared to C.J. Stroud, which I saw 48 hours earlier, I think you can gather a lot from that. You know, well, Levis has this huge rocket arm, but can he make the, the out routes? Can he put it right on the money like C.J. Stroud was yesterday? That's going to matter to me. He'll come in for a top 30 visit, visit with the Colts as well. All these quarterbacks will. But to, to kind of answer your question, Jake, I don't think the Colts think there's a ton of separation with any of the top four. Like in that, I mean, nobody has really distanced himself from the other QBs. And maybe C.J. Stroud has in the Panthers' minds. It sure seems like it based on them sending 12 people up from Charlotte on a private plane. And I believe that plane is headed for Tuscaloosa today to visit with Bryce Young and watch him throw. So they're doing their due diligence. I get it. But I don't think the Colts feel like there's a guy that's way ahead of everybody else. So what the interesting part is what you brought up. Well, eventually you're going to have to stack your board. You're going to have to rank these quarterbacks. And assuming you don't get the top two, how much of a gap is between three and four? And is four a guy you can't live with? If four is a guy you live with, you can probably stay at four. I don't love that move, but you can do that. If you don't feel like there's much separation between Richardson and Levis, you stay at four. But there's such different quarterbacks, and they're at such different stages of their career, I really, hard, really find that hard to believe. So 
I, I feel like there's going to be quite a bit of a gap at the end between three and four. And the question you have to ask yourself is, can you live with four or do you really need three? And this team hasn't drafted this high in 11 years. They haven't drafted a quarterback since Andrew Luck in 2012. It's time to go get the quarterback that you want, not someone else's, you know, leftovers in another sense. They've done that the last couple of years on the veteran market and it hasn't worked out. So we'll see what they do, but I think you're right, Jake. I think it comes down to that three and four gap. So, Zach, in terms of – Zach Kiefer's our guest, by the way. You can read his work at The Athletic. He is on the Payless Slickers hotline. In terms of the the Colts brass, I want you to, to give for me – divvy up the responsibility or the power of who's going to make that decision of that pick between Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen, Jim Bob Cooter, assuming it's quarterback. Um, the percentage influence for each of the four adding up to 100 will be what? That's a good question, Jake. I like this because this is an interesting element to this decision. I'm going to go Ballard, you know, 50, 60%, but I'm going to give Steichen about, about 20, 25%. Because if you look at the history, Chris Ballard has done one thing. He has, for the most part, given his coach the quarterback he wants, right? Um, Phillip Rivers in 2020, Carson Wentz in 2021. Now, Matt Ryan was more of a unified Jim Mersey decision in 2022. But then even this most recent one with Gardner Minshew, of course that was a Shane Steichen input. So Chris Ballard does a pretty good job of listening to his offensive head coach and giving that coach the quarterback he wants. I don't think Jim Mersey will be that involved until the very end, and I think he's going to go with what Chris Ballard thinks. I mean, Jim Mersey will have his voice heard, right? This is a quarterback. He's always said that, I like to stay out of things until it's a quarterback or head coach decision. That hasn't always been the case. But with this one, Chris is the one doing all the work. Shane's the one doing all the work. I think they're going to lean on those two. I think Shane's going to have about 25%. Bowers probably going to have about 50%. Cooter, let's go 10%. And, and then whatever's left for Ursay. But I think Ursay really in this position is just going to give the stamp of approval at the end. It's not quite the same situation as they've had in the past where they're literally at the top of the draft, and they have two guys to choose from, and two guys are very obvious candidates. This is a little bit more muddy, and, and I just I don't think I don't think Ursi is going to get that involved. But we'll see what happens because, you know, in this town, that can change very quickly. I want to go back, and again, Zach Kiefer is with us here, Payless Liggers Hotline. Just quickly going back to that third quarterback, fourth quarterback debate, third pick, fourth pick. You know, you think back to that 2018 draft, and Baker Mayfield goes one, Sam Darnold goes three. You had Buffalo trade up from 21, I think it was 21 to 12, and then traded up again from 12 to 7. And they sat there and said, we want to be the team picking Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. And I get that Josh Allen and Josh Rosen is about as far ends of the spectrum as you could get, so I don't want to act like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson would be at those ends of the spectrum. But I I guess I'm just letting people know there's precedent for teams saying, all right, we don't, to use the phrase you use, Zach, we don't want to wait for what's left for us on the shelf. We know it's going to cost a little bit, but we want to pick what is on the shelf and not have someone pick for us. Yeah, and that's the rare circumstance. Let's sure, be clear. Sure, sure, Everyone's sure, sure. throwing out the Josh Allen trade-up. Buffalo deserves right. all the credit in the world for that. And everyone throws out the the, the Patrick Mahomes comp, right, because they traded up to 10 or 11 or whatever to get him. And that's a great point because – what did Buffalo give up 
to go get him. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter at all because you got the guy. You've got the guy for 10 to 15 years. Same it's more of just Kansas being City. in control. It's more of just you're the you've done all this homework. Be in control of the selection. And if there's yeah. separation with the two, that obviously plays into that. Uh, Zach, I did want to touch on the piece that you wrote last week, which I thought, I think it was last week, was really good. Uh, you chatted with Billy Napier, Florida's head coach, about Anthony Richardson. Obviously, the fascination with Richardson is extremely well documented. What were some of your big takeaways from talking to uh, Billy Napier? Yeah, he he sort of peeled back the curtain on who this kid is. And, and we have to remind people, this guy's like 20 years old. So he's still so young. And he only started one year at Florida. And there's a lot. There's a lot to like on the tape. And there's a lot to make you worry. Is he just an athlete? No, but it's a big step. And this is a guy you don't want playing in the first year in the NFL. But Look, he had more control at the line of scrimmage than a lot of people realize. And I think that's important because these athletic quarterbacks sort of get knocked for that. And, and even in the spread systems that so many quarterbacks run in college, how much control did he have? Did he ever take a snap under center? Was it all shotgun? Richardson did have a lot of control at the line of scrimmage. I wanted to know more about him, the human being. And, and a lot of people know that, you know, he would ride his bike around town and, and take his little brother to school and stuff like that. But after a, a loss to Kentucky, I mean, this guy was as bad as he's been as a collegiate. I mean, Anthony Richardson was really bad that day, and a lot of quarterbacks probably wouldn't have faced the limelight and wouldn't have faced the music with the media. Now, quarterbacks in college, they don't have to talk to the media. He wasn't required. The SID that he said, you don't have to talk. But he said, look, I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to go face the music. And he went up there and said, this is on me. It's not on my teammates. I didn't bring it today and basically own the entire loss. And that matters in the minds of decision-makers in the NFL because that's the position you're walking into. We've heard that story from Chris Ballard years ago before he was even with the Colts. The first time he really understood how different and unique Andrew Luck was was after the Chiefs beat the crap out of the Colts. I think they sacked him 10 times that day, completely owned the line of scrimmage. Luck went up there and said, this was completely on me, I need to play better. And Ballard was up in the press box saying, this dude is for real. So it's not just the football stuff. It's the accountability. And Ballard brought that up at the Combine. I think that's important. That's, that's something that really matters to the Colts. And so that's a good snippet into who Anthony Richardson is. But there's so much more in terms of the tape that you can convince yourself this is a guy and he's going to be an absolute star. You can convince yourself he's going to be a bigger Lamar Jackson. But you can also look at the tape, and you have to, and you have to look at the sobering parts of it and say – this guy is going to be a wild card. I don't know if he's ever going to be as consistent of a thrower as he needs to be in the NFL. Zach, is there any possibility that, and it feels like every team now is discussing this and they all think they're outsmarting everybody else, or at least every fan base. You know, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, who is a little bit older, but had a dynamic year for the Vols before he got hurt, and I know that there's question mark coming off of that injury. But is there any chance that the Colts say, you know what, we're going to stick it for, we can get a player in an area of need and get the best player at that position because everybody else is going quarterback early, and then in the second round take our shot at Hendon Hooker? Any chance that thought process is there? Yes. Let's, let's think about this, Jake. Let's think about who's making the call, right? If they don't feel like their guy is at four, and I mean a quarterback, I could totally see them picking a non-quarterback, probably a defensive player. There's two studs in this draft. 
and then and then maybe moving up late first round for Hooker or waiting till the second. They have the second for the you know the fourth pick in the second round or whatever it is. I could totally see them not forcing that first pick, and I don't think. I'm glad you brought this subject. I don't think we're talking about this enough. Now, I know the city would probably riot that night, that first-round night, if the Colts don't take a quarterback. But, I, you know, Hooker's a guy that could come in and probably have to sit and rehab for a year, which is probably the same thing you're going to have yeah, without the I rehab mean, for, for Levis or Richardson. And if they really don't think there's that big of a gap, I don't think they're going to force it with one of those first two as opposed to waiting and see if they can get Hooker late. I don't know what they think of Hooker. He's coming off the injury. He's not able to do all this stuff right now that the others are. But don't rule this out because we know this team, and they're not going to force it unless they have to. Okay, what about the possibility then that they say, we've got some pit, you know, we'll, we'll load up on line or rush or corner or whatever, and Gardner's our guy for another year. Yeah, you know who might not say that's okay? This is the boss. The owner. I just don't see like Jim Irsay is going to be okay with that because it, it, then you're then then the the conversation pivots. If you don't take a quarterback in the draft, then it's like why the heck aren't you talking to Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Like I feel like it's been really strangely That's quiet fair. with him. Yeah, and then and then maybe after the draft, teams, you know, you're gonna you're you're gonna show your cards. You're gonna have a little bit more desperation. And I know the price is a lot. I know you guys have probably discussed this a lot on the show, but. Can you really sell this fan base on Gardner Minshew? I think it's a great signing for what it is, but don't make it more than what it is. I'd say on the hooker front, I'd be a little bit more surprised if he got all the way to 35 where the Colts picked yeah, in the second round. Everybody you know, seems to start jockeying that you know, way, somebody right? Somebody in the 20s you would feel like would, would draft him or trade up. Um, okay, last one, Zach, um, and appreciate the time. By the, as... by the way, somebody just walked by in the hallway and did a double glance, Kevin, just so you know. Was it anybody of importance? No, they look horrified. Uh, I might need to put the jacket back on. Uh, Zach, last one. Um, Do you think Jim Ursay would need more convincing on Lamar Jackson or Chris Ballard? Good question. Um, My gut tells me Chris Ballard. I feel like Jim Ursay. Do you think financially Ursay would do it? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think – I think – and we talked about this last week in the press room. I think league precedent – I think the the responsibility that owners have in their minds, I'm speaking for them, they don't want to start this guaranteed quarterback thing. And Ursay cares about that, and Ursay cares about, you know, he's always talked about being a steward for the league, and um, I don't think he wants to be the second guy after Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland to start this trend of paying quarterbacks guaranteed money. Now, Jim Ursay has shelled out the biggest contract in NFL history twice before. Remember after Bill Polian stormed into his lock, his office and said, we're not going to sign Peyton. We're never going to get this deal done. We need to trade him. And Ursay said, no freaking way are we trading this guy. And then secondly, in 2016, when he paid Andrew Luck, I believe it was $140 million over six years. Like, he's done it. He shelled out big money for quarterbacks. There's no problem with that. It's the guaranteed part that I think gives him a lot of pause. And then for Ballard, you know, this is a real part of it. Lamar hasn't finished two consecutive seasons, and he's a little bit smaller and the durability thing for a GM is concerning, especially when you're giving this guy, let's say, $50 million guaranteed each year over whatever amount of years you sign him for. Zach, I keep saying the quarterback position for Chris Ballard was like me with algebra at Indiana University. Eventually, IU said to me, listen, you've staved this long enough. The time is now. You have to take this class. <laughs> and it feels like Jim Irsay has said to Chris Ballard, We've we've held off long enough. The time is now. You got to address it, right? 
I don't know if Chris thinks like that. Like I, and then maybe well, I didn't maybe think like that until I you told me I had to, Chris or right. Zach. You know what I mean? Right. We all have bosses except for Ursay, but I, I just I feel like Ballard is just he is stubborn, and if he doesn't feel like it's the right pick, I don't think he's going to force it. We'll see. Now these there's a lot to like about these quarterbacks, but you're right, and and I just I just feel like he might he might resist if he doesn't feel like it's the right guy. Zach, great stuff yesterday at the Ohio State Pro Day. Looking forward to the coverage from Lexington. Safe travels through Cincinnati, and uh, thanks for uh, for the time this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Zach Kiefer, right down the Payless. You know Slickers. that drive when you make the drive from. Actually, I think it's Lexington to Louisville. Now that I think about it, this is so odd to me, Kevin. They they have a historical marker sign on the side of the interstate. It's actually from Lexington to Louisville. That just says I've site, done that once. site of fatal bus crash. It's like a historical marker. Like, you know, it's like...